listening to Over the Oxa podcast with Tracy Cole for all things to do with the mind for equestrians. I'm talking today about nerves. And I'm talking today because I heard Piggy March say something like, it's the right kind of nerves that you need. So she was asked the question, how do you deal with the nerves at such a big competition? We were at Blenheim at the time and she said, it depends. It's the type of nerves that's important. And I thought, yeah, it is. That's really, really incisive. And I want to talk about nerves then. Can they be good? Are they always bad? Are they bad all the time for some people? Are they good all the time for some people? And what we can do to alleviate nerves if they're making us feel really uncomfortable. So I want to talk about the two routes through the mind that take place when you're nervous, when you're feeling nerves or you're feeling anxious. So there's a short route and a long route. So let's deal with the long route first of all. The long route is when you're in a kind of state where it's low level emotion. So you get triggered. This will be something you see or something you hear or something you touch. And it brings into mind something that was a similar situation. Your brain sort of pattern matches. What's this closest to? And that brings about an emotion. Now, let's say the emotion is pretty low level, low intensity. You feel a bit bored. (laughs) You know, you might feel a slight flutter of nerves. You know, there's just a tiny weeny bit of contentment rather than feeling deliriously happy. So in these lower level situations, the brain responds, first of all, to that trigger with an emotion. And you feel the emotion before you think about what it is that's caused it. So that seems really strange, doesn't it? Because they seem to happen at the same time. But the emotion comes before the thought. So you feel the emotion. If it's low level, then what happens is that there's time, there's space, there's energy for your brain to send the signals to your thinking brain and for your thinking brain to ponder what's happening, what's the best way out, what's the best way in, what shall we do? And it's a slower process, it's a longer route. Now imagine somebody who's got a higher stimulation. So they've been triggered in this way, but it's caused them to feel really uncomfortable. It's caused them to feel bad in some way. It's causing nerves and the nerves are there and they're building. And it's not just a flutter of nerves. It's starting to get really quite to the point where this person is experiencing something quite physical and visceral. So they're feeling the nerves in their body. 
Maybe they've got a tight chest or butterflies. Maybe their legs have turned to jelly or lead. They feel a little bit paralysed. They may be just talking absolute gibberish or they may go very, very silent. Feeling like you can't quite operate your body in the same way and you can't think straight. And that's very true because this is the shorter route. This is when your body feels like it's in fight or flight and it it is in fight or flight because this is a life or death situation that your mind is now pattern matching to. It's decided that if you've got that level of nerves or fear, there must be an immediate danger. And this is fight or flight. We haven't got time to think, ponder, cogitate. We need to get out of this situation. So this shortcut system, this shorter version of a response, bypasses the thinking mind. In fact, the thinking mind is blocked off. So when you feel as though you can't think straight, it's because you can't. You really can't. That part of your brain has been locked off to you and you can't do anything about that until you calm yourself down and you'll be able to think properly again. So on. They often say and acknowledge that it's not logical and it isn't because when it's happening to them, their logical mind has been switched off. It's been completely diverted. This is a really good mechanism for human beings, though. You can imagine that if you were in danger, if you were down a dark alley and you felt uncomfortable, then you want to respond instantaneously. You don't want too much thinking about it. You want to run. So it's a really good mechanism because we don't want to have that kind of confrontation with ourselves and say, you know, shall I run or shall I walk a bit faster? And shall I do this and shall I do that? No, if you really know that you're in danger, you know, the hairs on the back of your neck have stood up, then you need to get out of it. So it's a really good mechanism. Unfortunately, our mind has equated riding with that kind of situation. So when we've pattern matched, and you're thinking about riding, or you're thinking about a specific aspect of riding, then your brain has gone, oh yeah, it's just like being in a dark alley, where you think someone's about to jump out at you. So we need to have a new pattern. We need to make sure that that strong, emotional response is quietened down a little bit, so that we don't take this shortcut route, but that we have the time, the energy and the ability to think. Because that part of the brain that's that's thinking for us, then it can start to make things logical and it can reason. And even if you're doing something that's, you know, got a bit of speed to it and things are coming up fairly quickly so you might be jumping or you're in a dressage test or you're on a hack and something happens really quickly then it isn't that your brain is so flooded with emotion that it blocks your thinking brain but therefore that you're able to think your way out of the situation quite quickly 
So you can imagine that that some of this will be very instinctive anyway. If you think about a show jumper, let's say they're jumping a double and they've come into it a little bit too close into the first part and therefore they've jumped long into the middle between the double and they need to think very, very quickly to get themselves out of it and over the second part. That will be an instinct to most show jumpers. But if you were learning show jumping, that perhaps that pattern, that instinct isn't there. So you have to kind of think your way out and think, right, I'm I'm going to have to go for a short one here and react appropriately. That part of the brain being switched on really, really does help us out, helps us to think, might switch around how we're behaving, the quality of our riding, and make any necessary adjustments based on our thoughts and also our instincts, but, you know, being able to think our way out of it in that moment. And there's a great quote by Joe Griffin in his book, Human Givens. And it says, high emotional arousal makes us stupid, which I really like. So if you're really, really scared, it shuts off your thinking brain. But I do like that. High emotional arousal makes us stupid. So we know as well that if we are supporting a rider who is really, really nervous, that this type of mechanism, this shortcut mechanism is happening in their brain as well. So it's really difficult to communicate with that person and for that person to be able to take it in because their thinking brain has shut off. They're in fight or flight. So if you're an instructor or coach or a trainer, it's really useful to just bear that in mind that if you are giving them instructions that they can't think they can't think straight so even if your instruction is sit up sit back hold tight then they probably can't hear you as such and if they can hear you they can't act on it because they can't think everything is blocked off in a couple of moments then I'm going to talk about how we can help ourselves or help someone else out of that style of nerves I want to just consider for a moment the fact that some people need some level of nerves. And we're talking low level nerves here. So they're still thinking, they're using that longer route through the brain, the thinking brain is engaged, they've just got a little flutter of nerves. And this tends to be more in performance. So whether you're performing in sport, in riding, or you could imagine actresses and actors go through this as well, they need that little bit of edge. It kind of perks them up, if you like. It gets their focus in line with what they're doing. But at the same time, it's low level and they can think themselves through it. The people who benefit from this and the people who need it, not everybody needs it, but it just helps them to get into their zone. It helps them to get into a flow. It helps them to block out outside distractions. It helps them to focus. 
and yet it's still a fine line. If they go over that threshold where the nerves are too strong, they will block off their thinking, they'll block off their focus and they won't be able to perform well. An example of this would be the actor who just cannot remember their lines. You know, they completely clam up. A rider who forgets their dressage test or they forget the show jumping course. And even if they've got friends shouting to them what the next movement or what the next jump is, again, if they're so locked into their nerves, if they're going through that shortcut that bypasses their thinking brain, then they won't hear you or they won't hear you very well. And they may get on track a little bit and then forget the course or the dressage test again. So that fine line, we've got to make sure that we stay away from it. So if you do feel that you need those nerves to kind of G you up, especially I would think it's more for things like show jumping and cross country or polo, something at higher speed that I don't want to say it lacks precision because they're all very precise. But if you compare it to something like dressage, where it's all precision, then the adrenaline flow is slightly different. So if you're a person who thinks that they do perform better, when they have that touch, that low, very low level of nerves, just that right amount, then we just have to make sure that you don't overstep the line. When you're in that kind of high level of nerves, then it's really beneficial to bring yourself out of it for lots of reasons, your own safety, not only your own performance. And the best and the fastest way is to find some kind of calmness. It won't necessarily be that people or yourself can talk yourself calm. Because again, that logic has gone, that reasoning has gone. So it have to be some other style of calming. So the first thing to do is to be aware of why you're feeling this way. Is it a kind of planning type of problem? You, you've not prepared. Maybe the horse isn't prepared or maybe you've been rushed. Maybe you've forgotten something and that's kind of sent everything else out of kilter. What we need here are problem-focused coping strategies. So this would be going back to the planning, you know, writing yourself a list for what needs to go in your lorry, making sure that you have time and then when you're at the yard or whenever you're riding, you're on horse time rather than thinking, I've got to dash off in half an hour. Being able to manage that time, all the things that you put in place are, are there. The preparation has been done. And very often that helps us. Obviously, that's prior to the event, but it really helps us to think, well, that's a load off my mind. I don't have to think about loading my saddle into the lorry because it's on my list. I know I'll put it in. But what about the emotional coping strategies? This is when we really need to call on things like 
maybe a little bit of self-hypnosis or a little bit of calming technique, listening to something that's incredibly calming. Maybe on your phone, you've got something like a waterfall or the sea, or maybe it's using breathing techniques. Obviously, when you're in the ring, this is not going to work. There's not a lot that you can do when you're actually in the moment. And I know that's a shame, but there isn't a huge amount that can get you out of that real extreme of being frozen with nerves. In that case, it may be that you need to have something at your fingertips that you can use instantly because you've practiced so often off the horse and at home. You've practiced in lots and lots of different situations. So it comes to mind very, very quickly and easily. Something like the Hakalau or the peripheral vision that's on one of the previous episodes would be quite good. But really and truly, if you're so hyper aroused in that situation, then it's it really is down to calming yourself down by getting off the horse. It really is down to having that ability to realize that you've crossed that threshold. Your brain has been kind of hijacked, if you like, by the emotions. You can't think straight. You're very, very clamped up. You know, you you feel tense in your body. Your mind is awash with emotion. Then it's time to get off the horse. And I know that sounds cruel, especially if you're in the middle of a competition. But unless you're a professional and, you know, your wage depends on you completing the round, it might be something that you want to think about because you don't want to create a new pattern where your brain always says, oh, we've reached such and such a venue, we've gone to our competition venue, or we've parked up, I've got on the horse, I'm at such and such place, whatever's been able to trigger you, and your brain has just kind of rifled through the patterns and said, oh, I remember this pattern. I remember what we do at competition. We just kind of make sure there's absolute flood of emotion, flood of adrenaline, and we freeze. So to create the new pattern, you have to almost build yourself up again. You have to go to that venue and hire the venue and just practice at that venue feeling absolutely fine. And that might be groundwork. That might be just walking. And it doesn't matter because you are doing something that is going to accelerate your performance and accelerate your results in the end in the long run because your mind won't pattern match that to anything to do with freezing and being very very nervous and afraid. You may well have experienced it yourself and it might not be to do with riding when you have felt that your brain is flooded with emotion, you do really feel very frightened and your brain has just gone a bit foggy. But you've probably also experienced it when you've been able to calm yourself down. And once you calm yourself down, you can think straight 
you can start to analyze what went on. You can start to think about all the things that you can do next time to prevent this, to set up a new pattern so that this shortcut is never used. It's always the longer route round. Thanks ever so much for listening. Hope that's been helpful. Take care and I'll see you again very soon. 